Hey there. If you like this podcast, you are going to love my new book, Needy, How to Advocate for Your Needs and Reclaim Your Sovereignty. In Needy, I share my unique approach to identifying, honoring, and advocating for the most tender and true parts of yourself that are yearning to be acknowledged. It is an invitation to embody self-acceptance, which leads to meaningful growth in self-responsibility, self-care, self-trust, and self-love. All of the themes that we talk about all of the time on this podcast. Woven with threads of timeless wisdom, honest assessments of our needs, and heartfelt personal stories of transformation from yours truly and others, Needy illustrates a profound vision for what is possible when you listen to the stirrings of your heart and reclaim your undisputed sovereignty in your life. Now, you can get Needy wherever books are sold, but if you are a podcast super fan, you might appreciate the audiobook, which I do narrate, which you can find on Audible. Now on to today's show. Hey there, it's your host, Mara Glatzel, and you are listening to The Needy Podcast. Here at Needy, we are devoted to sharing frank conversations and true stories about what it means to meet your needs consistently, messily, and sustainably. To get more information about today's episode, please visit theneedypodcast.com. Now, on to today's show. Hey there, welcome. I am so excited to be here with all of you today and super thrilled to be talking about one of my very favorite topics, your need for celebration. Celebration is one of those things that we avoid because of all of the trappings that we come to know uh, are, are associated with celebration or we falsely associate with celebration. And, you know, most importantly, I think uh, part of what happens is that we see that only certain things are worthy of celebration, right? Big achievements, getting to the point of, you know, something that somebody else validates, um, these, these gigantic milestones. And so we spend our time head down, knees to the side, rushing towards that next thing. And, you know, usually when we get to it, we quote unquote celebrate by giving ourselves more work, by replacing that thing that we've been moving towards with such um, tenacity with a new thing, right? That's just out of reach and so on and so forth. And what we've been talking about a lot this month has to do with self-trust and building a relationship with yourself that is that empowers you to take action. And let me tell you, it is not empowering to celebrate or reward yourself with another, you know, hefty list of things to do or say like, yay, great, you finished that thing. Perfect. You know, if this were uh, a movie of my life, it might be me at my desk <laughs> finally getting to the very last piece of paper, the very last end of the pile. And then somebody else coming saying, Oh, great, you've got some space and just like dumping a, you know, a bucket of more files onto my desk. 
And we do this to ourselves and in large part because of what we think is worth celebrating um, or, you know, the, the things that we've come to associate with what a, a celebration might require. So managing our expectations is certainly important and uh, allowing yourself to have this upheaval, this paradigm shift of, you know, deciding what's worthy of a celebration. If I choose to, instead of withholding my celebration until I get to like peak moment, um, then I have this opening where could I celebrate small things? Could I celebrate every day? Could I celebrate multiple times a day? Could I celebrate the process from here to there, wherever there is? And what that means is restructuring the way that I'm approaching my life instead of putting my head down, barreling through to a destination and instead saying the majority of my life is spent on the journey between here and there. And how can I make that journey feel as good, as uplifting, as empowering, as pleasure filled and joyful as possible? Because we spend way more of our days in this journey space than we do in the yes, have achieved peak moment space. And so if we're thinking about how to bring more joy and more pleasure, more celebration to our lives, this is where we need to look. How do I bring that celebration into the mundane, my mundane daily life? How do I bring that celebration to smaller steps that stand, that mark the space and time between here and peak moment? How am I um, redefining my relationship with celebration so that it's something that I feel like I'm allowed to have, you know, on a kind of regular day or on a less spectacular day? Because we celebrate these moments like, um, you know, got a raise, finished the project, found the guy, got proposed to, got married, um, you know, like all of these things that happen maybe once in your life, if you're lucky and not, depending on how it is that you, like how you want to even live your life, right? So that's problematic in and of itself. But the idea that it has to be this big moment, or even you know, we talk in my house, my partner thinks that um, the that five and 10 birthdays, so 35 or 40, for example, are the big birthdays that you have to celebrate. And I think like, why have to wait five or 10 years? Like, why can't every birthday be a big celebration? Uh, but that is part of that recalibration. It's part of that how can I make celebrating more of the norm and incorporate it as much as possible instead of waiting until I do a big thing in order to quote unquote deserve it? Now, another problem with these expectations is that most of us don't trust ourselves to be reliable judges of what is deserving of praise, worth, celebration. And so instead of even claiming our moments saying like, Hey, yeah, this is a thing that I did and it was good and I'm proud and I want to celebrate. We are waiting for somebody else to tell us that we did a good job or we're waiting for somebody else to validate our needs, waiting for somebody else to to say, you know, you've been doing a lot lately. Maybe you should slow down and take a break if we're going to, you know, rest or take a nap. We are outsourcing our enoughness to the people around us, which makes it inherently unstable. 
because it's nobody's job to follow you around and let you know um, that you're doing a good job, right? So you may hear that from somebody else every once in a while, but not nearly as often as you need to hear it. You know, we all need like tenfold the praise that we're receiving from the outside world. And not because we're, you know, this like demonized version of needy, uh, or not because, you know, we can't hack it, or, you know, we just want to, we're selfish, we just want to be told that we're great all of the time, but because it feels good to be validated. It feels good to be told that um, we're doing a good job, that that was hard, and we showed up for it anyway, and that has value. And so when we're outsourcing that validation to an external source, that's coming along one in every 10 times that you actually need to hear it. If that, uh, it has to do with what somebody else values versus what you value. So that's inherently problematic. Um, you see, so like it's tricky. It's tricky. So what's a lot more stable is to embody each and every one of us to embody our role as the validator of our experiences. And this is beautiful because we're the only one who actually knows how hard something was for us. So, you know, I hear this a lot from um, friends of mine who are stay-at-home parents where, you know, nobody's at their house with them all day. And their partner comes home and you know, is frustrated that they weren't able to like get to figuring out that thing with the electrical company or whatever. And, uh, you know, now I feel unseen, resentful, frustrated, because that person only sees what I didn't do. They weren't there to see, you know, that Susie Lou who had a total meltdown, and I was managing this and so and so's teething. And then, you know, there was this like, somebody put their chapstick in the wash, and I had to deal with that. Like, <laughs> Right. So this is kind of a silly example, but it's a real example. And the reason that we are the validator of our own experience is because I'm the only one there to know how challenging that day was for me. So if I'm expecting somebody to come home and be grateful for all of the things that I did today and they have no idea what the day actually entailed, I mean, I could explain it, but you know, a lot of times nobody knows what it's like to be inside of that. Um, Then if I'm waiting for them to validate it, they not only are not an accurate reporter, they're not involved in, in the actual um, minutia of the day with me, but they're not able to tell me that I did a good job. They're not able to know how deep I dug in order to not lose my patience and what creativity it took to come up with that game in the 11th hour that got us through to dinner time. Like nobody else is there to validate that for me. And I have this opportunity in my relationship with myself to validate that for myself. Now, that was kind of a specific example, but it doesn't only apply to stay-at-home parents, certainly. It's like this for everything, right? How you are in relationship with yourself, what's going on for you inside of your body is going to be the most accurate um, predictor or uh, uh, not predictor, um, validator of your experience of anything in the world. So don't outsource that. When something was hard for you and you did it and you showed up for it and maybe you made mistakes, but you tried your best, like celebrate that. Own your sovereignty and validate your experience. Tell yourself that was hard and I did it. I'm going to celebrate that. Or I made it through another day. 
even if all I did was keep breathing, I'm going to celebrate that. Or, you know, what somebody else sees is the bright, shiny book that's being published. But what you know is how many days of sweat and tears that took to get you from here to there. So you're going to be like celebrating to the nth degree. They're going to think, oh, yeah, you know, she made it look easy. But you're going to know the truth for you. Celebrate that. So when you're managing your expectations, also make sure that you are um, celebrating the things that, uh, that you deem worthy of celebration and practice that because you may not, um, you may not always, like you may not now uh, be really able to do that. This is a practice and it's it's an uncomfortable one. So start by saying, is this worthy of celebration? Kind of felt hard, did it. Okay, well, you know, what can I do to, to mark this moment, to celebrate this moment? So now we get to... Um, the growth edge of celebration. So a lot of us are taught that celebration is something special, reserved for special events. Maybe it's expensive. Maybe it, you know, includes other people or looks a certain way. Um, you know, it has to be instigated by somebody else, is reserved for certain special occasions, all of those kinds of celebration rules. And this is your call to rewrite what it means to celebrate yourself. And to think about celebration not as a thing that you do in a certain way, but instead an attitude and an approach that you bring to your actions. So an example might be, you know, how can I, how can this cup of coffee be a celebration? How can this breakfast be a celebration? How can, you know, scrubbing my bathroom floor be a celebration? How can getting dressed today be a celebration? So how can these things that I'm doing anyway, um, how can I do those things in a, in a celebratory way with a celebratory edge? You know, am I going to put my breakfast on my very best china and sit down at my table and eat it instead of scarfing it down as I run out the door? Uh, Am I going to take an extra moment to make my coffee exactly how I want it, even if it means going to the store and getting more half and half or you know, whatever, uh, breaking out the special sugar, whatever it takes for you. Uh, can I listen to music while I scrub my bathroom floor and kind of do a little dance and sing my heart out while I do it? Can I make that experience that I'm having as celebratory as possible, thereby braiding that celebration into my life in a way that makes it feel accessible? in a way that makes it feel like it can be a part of my daily life and not this special thing that I'm always holding out for or waiting for or have this contentious relationship with. What if a celebration was, you know, what if you lived your life in a more celebratory way just across the board? Um, How could you bring more of that joy, pleasure, self-indulgence, selfishness, to create a life that feels as good as possible all of the time, where you're routinely being your own best cheerleader and saying like, yay, you look, look at you, you're living, you're doing it. It is, you know, (laughs) you've been up all night doing the thing and you're tired, but you woke up and you showed up and here you are. Um, How could that be 
your celebration? How can you double down on your generosity with yourself and give yourself that permission to receive and create celebration everywhere that you go? You know, I talk in my classes a lot about how this terrain of um, this landscape, inner landscape that we all have access to, where our thoughts and our feelings live, uh, that we have this opportunity to really be kind to ourselves. And this is a superpower. You know, nobody knows what I'm thinking all day. Uh, They probably assume that I'm thinking mean thoughts about myself like most people do. But I have this great opportunity inside of my head to really cheer myself on and say like, yeah, look at you. You look great. You're wearing an awesome outfit. You're doing a thing. You That thing you wrote was great. Look, all of those people really resonated with it. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, you, you did that laundry. Awesome work. It was hard. You slugged it down to the basement. There were seven loads. You, you, you got through it. Um, you watched your favorite TV show while you folded it. That was super fun. Like we have this opportunity in our um, converse daily conversation with ourselves to be supportive, to cheer ourselves on, to celebrate ourselves. And that's an opportunity that I don't think people employ enough, right? Have this rare opportunity to really uh, receive that validation that you're looking for. And you know, we have all of these weird hangups about it. Like, oh, well, you know, it's be embarrassing to cheer ourselves on all the time. Um, you know, I couldn't possibly, well, you know, if I cheered myself on, if I wasn't forcing myself along some, somebody else's path, uh, with brutality and, and cruelty in my thoughts, what will become of me? Well, you know, I propose that, nothing will become of you, that your life would just be that much more fun, that much more joyful. And bringing your attention to your thoughts takes a little bit of practice, but it provides you with this great opportunity of like, well, what if I tried, again, tried, it's a practice, to think nice things about myself? What if I tried to celebrate myself with my thoughts today? What if I wrote myself a sticky note, told myself how awesome I am? What if I put an alarm on my phone that when it goes off first thing in the morning, the first thing I'm seeing is you are amazing. You can do it. You know, these are things, it doesn't cost anything. We don't have to wait for permission from anyone else. You are allowed to have it right now. And it's this profound way to make you feel seen, to make you feel appreciated, to give to you that thing, that validation that you might be aching for from somebody else. So uh, we've talked um, a little bit on this podcast about human design, and I am a projector. And uh, projectors have this tendency to become bitter, if they don't feel success, like they don't feel um, externally validated by other people. And I always think about that because uh, I do, I do have a tendency towards bitterness. Uh, I have a tendency towards shame. I have a tendency towards resentment if I don't feel acknowledged or seen in my efforts. And because a lot of my processes are internal, it's very difficult for somebody else to validate me in a way that would be meaningful for me because they quite frankly don't know what I've been doing all day. And that 
offers me this really powerful opportunity to be my own validator. And I like to think about this as becoming bitterness proof. Um, I want to have my relationship with myself, my conversation with myself daily be such that I feel cheered on. I feel seen. I feel loved. I feel supported. And not just in my relationships with other people, though certainly I, you know, have many opportunities to ask for others to support me and, and validate me and cheer me on, but they're not always there. Right? I'm going to be there on my own side from the day that I'm born until the day that I die. And in my relationship with myself, there is a daily, uh, hourly, minute by minute opportunity to witness myself, to applaud myself, to be with myself in a way that is supportive and kind and loving, that way that I might wish that everybody in, in my life was all of the time. Because, you know, I love words of affirmation. I'm that girl. Um, and you know, if somebody were telling me like every 15 minutes, like, Hey, you, yeah, you're doing a great job. I would love that. (laughs) So I can do that for myself, which doesn't mean making myself an Island. It doesn't mean I don't still look for that in my relationships, but it means that I'm taking advantage of this opportunity to be my own friend to be my own cheerleader, to be my own celebrator. And because of that self-talk, I'm also incorporating more of that um, celebration as as an approach, as a way of doing something into my daily life. So that for me is the difference between something being really mundane and something being totally wonderful. So you know, tomorrow I have to drive uh, half an hour to my tax guy to drop off my tax stuff. And like, that's not that fun. Uh, I used to dread doing my taxes. Now I kind of like it. But, you know, part of that is uh, owed to the fact that I think, okay, well, I'm doing this thing. How can I make that as joyful or as celebratory as possible? What can I listen to on the way there? Uh, What can I wear that feels really good? You know, can I stop at my favorite coffee shop for a special coffee or take myself out to lunch for to celebrate having, you know, done this big, this big milestone of, you know, having figured out all of my stuff for taxes for another year. Um, You know, I'm coming home, I have to unload my dishwasher or wash my dishes, which is like my most most loathsome task. How can I do that thing in a celebratory way? How can I bring that air of celebration to every aspect of my day and really lay it on thick, really be generous with myself? Because again, this doesn't affect anybody else. I can have as much of this as I want. You know, I don't have to be strict with myself. This doesn't have to be like some like Spartan... Uh, restrictive situation, you know, like I can gobble up this celebration until I have my fill. I, um, I'm allowed to have that. So, you know, today I want you to think about how you can bring more celebration to your life. How can you do whatever it is that you're doing right now? I mean, maybe I'm part of your celebration right now. I'm so honored. I hope that you're doing something. And part of what makes it feel celebratory is that you're hanging out here with me. That is awesome. Um, But you know, what else can you do in a celebratory way? How can you jazz up that next cup of coffee? How can you make that meal be something that's not just perfunctory, but something that tastes really good, that's a sensual, delicious, wonderful experience? 
How can you take up space in your life and give yourself that permission to be supported by yourself for it to feel good? Uh, You know, ask yourself, how good am I willing to let it feel? And let that be your growth edge. Push, Push your limits on that every day. Crack yourself open just a little bit more to receive every day and know that there are no shortage of celebrations. You get to have as many as you can dream up. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the needy podcast with Mara Glatzel. If you'd like my support and learning how to nourish your needs, dance on over to the needy to sign yourself up for revive a gorgeously free five day course, chock full of real self care and daily tending. If you love today's episode, pretty please leave us a review on iTunes and join us next week. And as always, permission loves company. So if there's a human in your life that you think can benefit from this conversation, I would be so grateful if you shared it with them. Thank you.